Does your doctor talk to you about physical activity? That's our Tuesday topic with Dr. John Hallberg. Well, just in time for all of our resolutions, a piece in the Journal of the American Medical Association calls for doctors to make physical activity counseling a priority. The authors say the time for action is now. Dr. John Hallberg is back with us. He is a physician in family medicine at the University of Minnesota, and John will likely be having such conversations in the weeks and months ahead. Always good to have you back, John, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Tom. Thank you. So isn't this what you're already doing? Well, you'd sure think so. I mean, I know a lot of my colleagues incorporate this into their practices, and I do you know, as well. But um, the authors of this article are really saying that we should make this conversation almost a vital sign. And really? that's something that I'm not doing yet. And, and does that come up when uh, we're all weighed at the doctor's office? That's a vital sign, right? Right. I mean, vital signs truly are those measurable things, height, weight, um, your blood pressure, your pulse. Uh, yeah. But there are a lot of things that people want us to consider vital signs. You know, your level of pain, uh, do a depression screening, do you smoke? smoke. Uh, And now, do you exercise? So it's one more question for us to be asking. So why is physical activity so important? Well, I think probably twofold. I mean, we know that moderate physical activity reduces all kinds of things. It reduces your risk for high blood pressure, heart attacks, strokes, depression, even some cancers. So there's a lot going for it. And of course, when people have some of those conditions, let's say like type 2 diabetes, exercise uh, improves your outcomes. And so it it has a, a definite twofold advantage. So what's getting in the way, do you think, in the clinic of uh, doctors bringing this up? (laughs) I think uh, everything. I mean, it's, it's, you know, people have agendas when they come in. Um, Often this is not one of the things that they want to talk about. And so it's, it can be uncomfortable to try and bring this up when, in fact, you know, you've talked about it before. It hasn't worked. Um, And quite honestly, I think for a lot of us, it's guilt. I mean, I'm not as physically active as I should be. And so it's like, who am I to suggest that someone else become more physically active when I myself might not be as active? as I should be. What is the ideal approach in bringing it up? What do you say? You know, I think just like when I started medication, my motto that I learned years ago from some wise colleagues was um, start low and go slow. And I think the same thing with activity. If people are going from basically doing nothing, then doing something is a big improvement. And I've had patients who literally live in an apartment. They get up, they go to the bathroom, they go to the kitchen, they sit at a couch, they're there for much of the day. That's the extent of it. They don't leave their apartment. So for them to walk to the end of the hall and back once or twice a day is something, or to walk around a block, which is Mm -hmm. something people aren't doing. So very, very simple, concrete first steps. Give us an idea of a uh, best-case scenario and what that looks like and and has looked like in your clinical practice. Yeah, I think over and over it comes down to this. I'll have um, someone come in for a physical exam. We'll run some basic labs, a cholesterol panel. We'll look at their glucose or sugar level. And uh, let's say that person turns out that they have a higher sugar level than they should. And, in fact, they have prediabetes. And I'll have a person like that come back and, um, you know, in very tactful language, I'll say that they should get kind of ticked off about this because it's something that's completely controllable. And typically it's a matter of just becoming more active and cutting out really simple carbohydrates uh, from their diets. And so um, again and again, I mean, I have to say of all the things that I do counseling wise, this is probably the one thing where I've personally had the most success that people do become more active and not even, you know, that they're taking up, you know, marathon running right, or they become right. triathletes. They're just more active and more aware of it. And, you know, almost always we can keep that in check without having to resort to medication. 
And then there are all sorts of uh, technological aids to uh, get us moving these days. Yeah, Apps, you know, whatever. Right, you don't even have to do anything. I mean, many, many smartphones, actually, if you carry it on you, it'll keep track of your steps. Uh, many people are now wearing, you know, these wearable devices, the Fitbits and things like that, and mm. they become conversation starters. And it's... I see, you are literally wearing one, right? <laughs> I am. Um, and, and is there a, is there a uh, ulterior motive to you wearing it as the well, doctor? you know, I find that it's actually a great conversation starter. When I see someone else wearing one, we'll talk about it a little bit. When people you know, can see that I'm wearing one. It's it's just modeling good, healthy behavior, and it's a it's actually been very helpful to me personally because I really am keeping track of my steps. And if I finish a clinic day and I'm you know haven't been that active, I know that I need to become more so, and I'll take my dog for a longer walk than I might otherwise do. Dr. John Hallberg, thank you for coming in and telling us a bit more about talking about and counseling physical activity in the clinic. I appreciate it. My pleasure, Tom. Thank you. John is our regular medical analyst here on All Things Considered and a physician in family medicine at the University of Minnesota and medical director of the Mill City Clinic.